0: Today we're going to be in Mark 4, the fourth chapter of Mark, starting at verse uh, 35. So if you have your Bibles, I'd ask you to start turning there. Um, the, the message today, I thought it was clever, but it was really late, so it might not be funny. It's whether the weather will win. That's a lot of W's. It sounds like I have a lisp, but it's okay, because what we're going to see is it's a story about the disciples. They're always, a, they're always an interesting study, right? You've got Peter who has a foot-shaped mouth, and you have some of the other disciples, and you can always glean a lot just from the disciples. And that's what we're going to do today. But um, we're going to look at kind of the trying of our faith. Man, I, I've never been a boxer, but I, I will say that I heard something about boxing that I thought Mike could relate. They say like a boxer trains a whole bunch, and, and in their head they, they feel like super prepared. But you don't really know what a boxer has until he gets hit. And right after he gets hit, you figure out, dude, is this guy going to stand up and go? Or is it, you know, kind of, is it fight or flee kind of thing, right? So we're going to be talking a lot about weather and storms and stuff like that. So we got to, what I'm hoping today is that we can look at maybe the reasons for storms, some reactions for storms, and also some results that storms have in our life. So if you would, I'm going to read uh, Mark. Chapter 4, starting verse 35 through 41. I think the verses are on the screen. Follow along with me. We'll pray and get into our outline. So the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And they went, uh, and, and when they had sent away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that is now full. The boat was now full. And when uh, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow, on a pillow, and they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? how is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, said uh, one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the seas obey him? So let's pray and we're going to get into it. Father, we do need you. Um, we just need you to teach. There's, <laughs> there's nothing profitable in my flesh. There's, I'm at the point where I can humbly say to you that I'm weak. And I know, Father, that when we are weak, that you are strong, and and I do believe and I claim your promise that, that your grace is sufficient, and I pray that that as we study this lesson, that you can show us what it means that 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 your grace is sufficient even through storms, no matter what trials and tribulations come in life, that that, that Jesus is enough, and we can hold fast to His word because His word is true. Father, we love you. We, we want to honor you with this time, so I pray you just speak to your children. We stand in need to hear of you. Father, we love you. All these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So, the first point in our outline is whether the reason. Um, so, in the first uh, couple verses, and the same day the evening was come, and he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. Um, there's, and, and you see here that if you kind of jump down to verse 37, there arose a great storm of winds and the wave, waves beat into the ship, so it is now full. So the point is, and what we're going to study about, and, and I'm probably going to exhaust you with this word, is weather's going to come, storms are going to come. And you could look at this and say, man, right or wrong, it, it's always our first thought is, why is this happening? Like, why is this storm coming? And we see here that it's interesting, Right. Because when storms comes, our first principle that we always grab is, man, what did I do wrong? Because we know uh, Galatians 6, 7, and 8, and uh, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, so w- for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall, um, that shall he also reap. But he soweth to his flesh, shall reap of, uh, to the flesh corruption. And he soweth unto the Spirit, shall reap uh, the Spirit life everlasting. So we, always, we know that principle, it's the principle of sowing and reaping no one would plant an apple seed and go i planted an apple seed i'm expecting oranges like that just doesn't even make sense to us right so it's it's logical for us to assume that when something happens these storms come and there's this this great wind and waves that we would say oh my goodness i must have done something wrong but let's look at the location of the disciples the disciples are in the boat right they're last thing they heard from from Christ was, hey, we're going to the other side. So you would would think, like, well, what did they do wrong? Well, nothing, right? And you can even go back to, like, Jonah, right? Jonah was rebelling against God, and God sent in a mighty storm. But what about the sailors in the boat? They didn't do anything wrong, right? So the disciples here are in the boat. They're in close proximity to, to Jesus. They're in submission of his last commandment. So the point we need to see out of this is, as believers, this is where we should be desired to be. So our kind of, our first point is, man, when storms come, man, are you in the boat with Jesus? Are you, are you close to Jesus? Are you obeying his last commandment? Are you close enough to see and hear Christ? The key point that I have in our notes here is that trials and tribulations will occur in our life, even when we are at the center of God's will. So the disciples... Aren't doing anything wrong, but there's still a storm. So this is this is that other half of that thing, right? So it's like if you go on a mission trip or something like that, you'll go on a mission trip and all these things are happening. I remember this in Kenya very well. I'm thinking, there's what is the deal? Like, why would why would God not want us to get to Kenya? But but man, this is this is when this message hit me. God wants you to get there, but He's also man He allows storms in your life for a reason and. And that's where we go back to the reason can be good and bad and that's what we're gonna study today is as we examine our life we need to know that is this storm because of the Galatians 6 principle or is it the Matthew 4 is is God allowing this storm to try our faith while we're in obedience or is what we're doing like hey you made those choices you have to walk in those choices right so As a believer, I know the temptation is to always think because of our closeness to Christ, we would never experience trials and tribulation. It's that, oh, once I become a Christian, everything works out. And we know, like if you walked with the Lord for any length of time, that's not true. (laughs) But it's interesting, though, because even in God's will, if you study in discipleship, God God expresses his will um, in seven things. God wants you to know his will. So in the Bible, if you just look God's will for your life, it's seven things. It's it's the same seven things for every believer, right? And this is what I thought was interesting. One of those seven things is to suffer. So God, you can be suffering in the the middle of God's will. That's just, that's how he designed it. And the other thing that I think we need to grab while we're here is, it's not if, but when the storms come in our life. It's a little comforting to me knowing as a Christian that there's no way that you can avoid or outrun every storm that's going to happen. So it's more, don't think escape strategy or avoidance. Think, well, I just got to learn how to trust God, right? So, so as these reasons kind of play out, we, we got to ask ourselves, are we running from the, the storms that God uh, puts in our life? And the other one is, like, isn't it crazy? Like, we know that there's trials and tribulations in life. There's, there's as a believer, there's certain things that are coming into our life. It's, it's also strange to think that this would never happen. It's like when, you, when you're like, hey, man, is there anything I can pray for you? Nope. I'm like, man, how did that work out in your life? Like, there's, always, I'm a needy guy, I guess, because there's always something to pray for in my life. And it's like, is there really no storms in your life? And I'm like, buckle up, homeboy. Like, you're... You're, you're going to get it here in a second because if there's not a storm in your life, and we'll see, we'll see the, the, the fruit of a storm later, but man, God uses storms. So as we, as we look at, we know the storms are going to come right or wrong. There's, there's two things I want us to grab out of this that we can look at the contents of the storm so we can get a little more practical on how to deal with storms in our life. Um, the first one is understanding and surviving the winds, of wind. <laughs> uh, so the wind, 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 okay this is gonna be tough for me. Uh, wind, winds come. Mm. Wind is gonna come in your life. All oh, right, I got it. This little wind that happened scared seasoned fishermen. The, remember the people in the boat, man. These, these weren't a group of engineers. Like, you can scare engineers. Like, that's easy. <laughs> what a, what's a group of engineers good for? There's no end to that joke. I can't think of anything. But <laughs> thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank y'all. Okay, I, I need y'all. I need y'all today. Okay. So uh, so you imagine a, a group of engineers in a boat. They're they're wetting themselves. Maybe not with water. Wind comes. Yeah, that's that's a bad deal. But seasoned fishermen, like world's deadliest catch kind of stuff. A little wind comes, and they're like, I got this. This not, this and. But th- these fishermen, the, the deadliest catch fishermen, are going, hold on, what's going on here? So the way I picture it is, imagine driving down a car at 70 miles an hour and sticking your head out the window. It's hard to breathe, man. So think, when winds of life come, it's gonna tr- wind will try to make you force a direction or change your path. Like, these are what happens when storms in the life come. Man, these, these winds that are contrary are going to try to force and move us out of the position that we want to go. It's always hard going against the wind. Have y'all ever, like, I went to, like, this NASCAR track, and if you went opposite of the way the NASCARs are, are like, driving, the amount of the sheer wind, of, like, that forms a wall, when you're walking, it hits you in the chest, and it, it's just super hard. So, like, when storms of life come, there's going to be things that just obstruct your path. So what do we need from this? Um... Our takeaway should be we need to mature and grow in Christ so we aren't taken by the winds of doctrine. Okay, you need to see this. Ephesians 4.14, check this out. That we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by sli- the, the by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to de- deceive. So God's word says that there's a wind that will toss you to and fro and that you can be carried about with this is the wind of the storms are of off that we have to be aware of this is the wind that that we need to mature because look it says that that be henceforth no more children children get t- carried by every wind of doctrine so man this is a call for us to mature i love colossians 2 7 it says Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Man, what a call! We need to be rooted. Think of a tree, a little tiny tree. Man, it's subject to wind really easily. Man, you you get something that has deep roots. Not a little bit of wind is going to move that thing, right? But what are you going to be rooted in? In one Timothy three fifteen, I was reading uh, yesterday. It says that the church, the the church of the living God, is the pillar and ground of truth, so what do we need to be rooted? We need to have deep roots, and what do we need to be rooted in? Well, we need to be rooted in truth, and this is that 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 doctrine that we need. This is the foundational thing. So your root structure has to be your foundation, and this is why, man. We can't sacrifice doctrine. We can never sacrifice doctrine, um, and I, and doctrine i'll I'll, i wrote like this in my notes see if you can catch this doctrine drives our devotion our devotion gets us in motion so what you believe about the bible will determine how devoted you are to it i'll tell you one time god worked this out in my life when i when i when i said this bible is the word of god if god was here these are the words he would say to me these exact words man god got a hold of me by my heart because the doctrine that I had was the doctrine of preservation. I believed I had a Bible. When God worked that out in my life, it changed my devotion. Man, you didn't have to, you didn't have to like shake me to read my Bible. No, man, I want to get in that because I, my doctrine changed, my devotion followed. And then guess what? My action followed that. So you'll live out what you believe. Doctrine, that is why doctrine is so foundational. All right, let's keep moving in our notes. Understanding and surviving the wins, when. Of waves it's not if waves come it's when um have you ever been on on the ocean on a rough day no yes anybody anybody go to the ocean ever just one time have you ever been uh, like have you ever seen the flag and think oh they're not really (laughs) they're just making that stuff up um jay's gonna love this because i probably haven't told him this story and i have like a whole bunch of random weird stories. I lived at the beach for a season. I lived in Galveston Beach, Texas. Um, I thought I was going to be a surfer. I was struggling from my identity crisis. Uh, So I was was there, and and I was one of those guys that would see the flag and go, no. That's for for people that don't live here. Man, I went out, and and again, I was on my little surfboard. I was out there, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, bro. The waves are so great. Dude, that first one hit, and it hit me. And that first wave, I was like, man, that, that, that was bad. Here's the thing about waves. They come in sets. So after that first one hits you, bow, bow. I'm going, what is going on? All of a sudden, my feet come out from underneath me. If you know anything about waves, it, water has to go somewhere. It goes up, so that means it goes low. So when that wave hits you, you hit the bottom. It's a rough deal. Waves are no joke. Let me, let me say it that way. Waves will get you Yes, Amen. Thank you. I needed that waves. But man, what are we going to glean from this? I, again, that's that's an interesting story. But man, waves will make your your path and your trials you face very very difficult. If if you could imagine, if you're sailing a boat, would you choose a sea of glass or a bunch of waves? Thank you, bunch of waves. I knew it. Um, so so the the point is. Man, when there's a bunch of waves, which, what's going to happen is your, your paths are going to have to be endured at this point. So what's our big takeaway out of this? Our big takeaway is we need to be willing to endure some hardness. Second um, Timothy uh, chapter 2, if y'all been in discipleship, if uh, y'all know the, the second verse, but I want to kind of start at verse 1, we'll get a run into it. It says, Thou therefore my son, this is Paul writing to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou heard hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Here's where we, we pick up our principle. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The point is, um, there's no trap door out of the, the troubles and issues of your life. When waves are going to come, there's just some things that you're going to have to endure. There's going to be there's going to be storms in your life. That yeah, the winds are there, and and but these waves, you're just going to have to go through them. And I, I'm not like a, a sailor or whatever. I think there's a right way to hit the waves. Is the point. So, what do we need if you're going to hit the the waves in the right way? Man, we need to hold on to God's promises. I love the promise. And again, this week is 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 been one of those testimonies. First Corinthians 10, uh, starting in verse 13. Um, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. That's what God thinks about your problems. Hey, whatever you're going through, that's just common. You're like, oh, I thought I was special. Well, pro- you are, but your, your, your problems aren't. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but God is faithful, who, who will not have you to be tempted above that you are able. I love this verse because God will not have you tempted above what you are able. So maybe God thinks more highly of you than you do. Maybe God goes, "Hey, you can handle it. <laughs> My grace is sufficient," and He's having you walk in that. Um, but with the temptation, also, we'll make a way to escape that ye uh, be able to bear it. So there's nothing that God's going to allow in your life as a believer that is not for your good. And man, as soon as we get that, we're going to start looking at at the reason for the storm all, all so differently, right? So if if the reason for our storm is that that and there's there's nothing special about this storm but god god's faithful he's got it and also man if, if god so sees it fit he will make an escape for me so what's the point we need to endure hardness as a good soldier we need to be willing to endure hardship and fight battles not just seek our comfort and quiet remember that christ is in the boat remember christ didn't leave the disciples he's in the boat so let the wave come there's a there's a point where you just have to say you know what Christ is with me, we're going to endure. That's just what we're going to happen. So endure hardness. So here's our wrap-up. Um, I'm going to butcher this because I'm apparently bad at W's, but don't wonder will the weather come or whether the weather will pass. The weather will. But don't let the wind and the waves derail our faith. So the point is, don't, don't sit here and just wonder, hey, is this storm going to come or when is this going to leave? God's in the boat with you. Jesus is in the boat with you. So we can calm down. Man, um, he's there. He has it under control. He didn't turn an eye to you. So that's the reason for the storm. That was all point one. No, that was all introduction. No, uh, that's point one. Let's move on to point two. uh, So maybe we can get some lunch by this afternoon or supper. Um, Let's look at weather, the reaction. Good or bad, there's always a reaction to storms. So if you remember, um, we'll look at verse thirty-eight, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. I-, I read this, and I'm like, maybe that's the most Christ-like I'll ever be. Is there I am in the back of the boat, asleep. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that was that was probably not edifying. So, he Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. They awake him and said unto him, "Master, carest not, uh, carest thou not that we perish?" So. The point is this, trials are always going to re- get a response in our life, right? There's there's good responses. Check out uh, Hebrews 11. Uh, this is, I didn't come up with this name, I'm not that clever, um, but it's called the, the Hall of Faith. <laughs> um, talks stories about the amazing faith and the response of, of people like Enoch, who was translated because he walked with God. Noah, remember Man, on faith, he was obedient to God's command despite all the circumstances and everything going on uh, about him. Abraham, man, he got up and, and left at God's command. Moses, and there's tons of others in that in that chapter if you read it. So as we're looking at reactions, if you want a good reaction, maybe something to, to say, hey, I'm going towards some things. Check out Hebrews 11. Also, think Daniel. Daniel was another guy that I was like, oh like that guy that guy could respond to some trials in his life my personal favorite lately and I don't I'm, i won't park here for long but Caleb if y'all get a chance I think it starts about numbers 13 14 15 somewhere around there the faith of Caleb and and how he exercised um the reaction of trials in his life dude this guy was awesome Four years old if you remember they're, they're, they're passing in the Canaan, and they send spies in, 12 spies, y'all remember? So they send 12 spies in. There's two that come out with a good report, 10 that have an evil report. Caleb's one of those guys that that saw the giants. The giants saw him, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm your huckleberry. Let's do this thing. I loved it. I absolutely, like, Caleb was one of those guys that, man, when you, when you research a little bit more into that, he knew the Lord's strength, and that's again, man. You talk about it, a, a good key to, for us to hold on to. Caleb knew that it was the strength of the Lord and the promises of the Lord that was going to prevail in his circumstance, right? So again, Caleb's one of my favorite. That was at 40 years old, and I think 45 years later, he has that same faith, if not more. And again, I won't. I'll, I'll get back to here, but what's our, what's the response we get out of this story? It's kind of a meh response right it's it's not a it's not a good one because we see the master cares thou not if we perish right so tell the truth we we like to like bash the disciples like peter We're like oh that guy you know he's a what, what's his deal but the truth is I, at least for me i, I don't know how I, I can't see y'all halos but for me this is more how i do this like I, things hit the the waves and the winds start blowing and i'm like get me out of this um and I'm like, where? And this is always my, my, my reaction. I'm like, God, why, why would you do this? What, what's going on that, that this is happening? So I want us to see three things. Uh, first one, I want to make a quick pack, practical point. This is uh, Christ's concern. So remember, he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. He was asleep on a pillow. That's how much Christ was concerned about the storm. I was also wondered off like, how did you sleep through a storm? But he also man he wasn't he wasn't worried. Here's the practical application I want us to get out of this. Look to God or um look to the people that God has placed in your life for leadership for a steady hand in discernment. and this is really, really good, so y'all like there's a reason that that God has given us a shepherd and a flock for a reason, and I think a lot of times we kind of we kind of balk at that and we try to think that you know sometimes. We want, to, we want to stray away from the flock. I'll, uh, I'll tell this story really, really quick. I was training young engineers. I used to be a field engineer, and, and we used to do these startups, huge industrial equipment. We had fans that were like as tall as this is room, and they would spin at like 1,800 RPMs or maybe something like that. I'm making them. Just bear with me. Uh, so giant fans, and they, they turned really fast. That's what you need to grab out of it. But if you could imagine, this was the first time these fans were ever getting started up. So what I used to tell, I used to have like younger engineers with me, and when you start them up for the first time, man, there's some weird sounds that come out of stuff. It's like, and things, you don't know if it's supposed to be loud or soft, um, squeaky or not, and it would freak people out, because you don't know what's going to happen. This is the first time it's getting turned on. You have no idea, and then you hear stories like, oh yeah, last time we did this, we were finding parts of this thing for miles, and you're like, I was like, oh, no. Uh, So the point was, I used to tell these young engineers, and I'm like, here's the deal. I'm going to stand here, and I was like, buddy, I got you. If you see me run, you run. You look at me, and if I'm calm, I need you. I was like, you will create more safety issues for me if you run. Because have y'all ever noticed when people go to run, it's typically in the wrong direction? I'm like, don't run into the house. What are you doing? Like, it's on fire. You're not a fireman. Please stop. So like the point is this, and, and, and I, I use that illustration. So I would, I would be leading this young engineer. I'd be standing there, and I could see him get all like, oh. And I'm like, mm, mm, you're good. Just calm down. And there was, there was times where I was like, and I would run, and they would, and they would pass me. And I'm like, you're just, you're just younger. And I get how that works. But let's, let's get back to our point here. Christ is in the boat sleeping. He's not concerned about the storm. But we have leadership. We have people that have, man, they've seen a thing or two. They they have a steady hand. They've experienced storms before. God give us, our our strength is actually in our flock. In a multitude, I love Proverbs. It says, in a multitude of counselor, there's safety. In Proverbs 3.17, check this out. Brethren, be followers of me. Be followers together of me. I'm sorry, and mark uh, them which walk so as ye have seen us for an in, in sample. So Paul instructs the church at uh, Philippi to say, "Hey, get together and follow me." And he said, not only me, but the people that are like me that are your in samples. In sample and example are two different words. I'm gonna wow you here because they're spelled different. Uh, one has an X. Uh, I don't know how to spell that well, but I can tell that one. Ex- example is something external, like Moses can be an example for us, right? My disciple was an in-sample because, man, he was a living, breathing person inside of my, my, my circle that I could sample from. Example is outside, in-sample is inside, but the point is, in a practical consideration, you got you to gotta consider Jesus is your example. He's laying in the boat sleeping, he's not concerned, and they're freaking out. So, you, don't, you want to make sure that you're not that person that's acting outside of, of how your leadership is discerning and, and, and doing that. So, again, that's just a practical point. I feel like we're, we're, we're only about halfway through point two, and we need to start hurrying up. Y'all need to listen a little bit faster. And get your crayons going. We need to get these blanks, man. Uh, this is on you, not on me. Uh, all right, let's look. The storms drew the disciples to Jesus. This is what storms do, man. They they draw you to the place where, man, we we don't got this. It says they awake him and said unto him, I always I wonder how long this tarried, right? Uh, so Jesus is in the boat sleeping. How long do these experienced fishermen try to figure it out in their flesh? Like, oh no, no, it, it, let's try to row this way. No, let's try to row this way. Uh you don't got it. And and I know me, I'm like that same way. I'm like that i got it i got it i got it until i don't got it and i'm like oh no i don't got this so the here's the here's the key question when do you go for the lord for help when you're clearly over your head or do you go to go for his guidance and example early and often you don't have to get to the point where where a storm is coming and it has to get so bad that then you go to jesus you can just go to him early so let's go to we'll keep moving disciples reaction um, the disciples questioned. Question goes in your blank. If if Christ cared for them, this is what storms do, man. They'll shake you to the core to things that you think you knew. You long, you you you're left questioning. So we see after one storm, one trial of faith, that the the disciples are questioning the love, care, and devotion of Christ. We see that in that statement, Master cares thou not that we perish. What happened? What happened in their life that they're like? They're like, hey, man, we love you enough to get on the boat with you. But all of a sudden, it's like something happened. And well, they lost their focus. All of a sudden, their focus was on on their circumstance. And it wasn't on uh, what the word said. So remember in verse 35, Jesus saying to the disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. So how quickly do our eyes turn from the word of God? Let us pass to oh, these are, these are mighty winds. These are really big waves. But this is where we can, we can get our key point. We need to learn to trust that the word of God as our final authority. And the truth is, our, 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 our feelings need something to govern them. They need something to filter through. And, and the word of God is just that. So all matters of life, when it comes down to, it's really authority and who gets the glory. So where does your final authority lie? Is it in you or is it with Christ? How does the word of God have final authority in your life? Is it, I'll believe it as long as it agrees with me or, or as long as I can see a logical end? Hey, I'm good, but Jesus, what you don't know is, man, there's, there's a lot of water in this boat. There's a lot of things going on. So does your, does your faith trump what you feel? Um. Second Timothy one seven says, "For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, so when you fear, there's a fear that that God has not given you, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That sound mind, if you if you cross reference that, I didn't put in your notes. I apologize, but it's in Corinthians, First Corinthians, First Corinthians two, and it talks about, but but we have the mind of Christ. That sound mind, man, it's 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 the word of God. It's something that." That despite any of our circumstances that we can go through and say this is truth what i'm feeling probably not so much so let's look at our 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 last point here in this uh kind of section storms reveal the real issue so revealed is your is your blank um in verse 40 this is jesus speaking he says why are ye so fearful how is it that ye have no faith strong words right um as, as, man, again, everything in life can, can can boil down to, like, an authority issue, Man, I know what I think and feel, but, okay, but, man, what does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? And the other one is, um, it's always a faith issue, like, it, when you read the Bible, there's a lot of things that you, you'll read, at least for me, that I'll read, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true, but when circumstances in my life hit, it's like, okay, that can't be true because what I'm, what I'm feeling is, is contrary to that. So who, here's the question, who or what is your faith in? So uh, if you have your Bibles, be turning to Joshua 3. Um, I, want us to, I want us to grab something. Um, remember that this boat was starting to get filled up with water, right? So, so now if you're standing in the boat, what you're standing in is water, I, uh, this is the question I was asking my, myself. I said, Man, how would I handle getting my feet wet? If I was in the boat, is there something that I would say, Yeah, I'm, man, Jesus, I'm good. And I, wins, and I get it. But man, you start to get my feet wet. And that's why I'm going to start hitting the eject button. Like, there's some things that, you know, I'll love you to a point kind of thing, right? Discipleship was a really, really good example of that in my life. There's things that I was like, I didn't know. What I was holding back from God, I'm like, hey, you can, you can have this, but you can't have my money. You can have this, but oh, God, don't don't touch my marriage. Oh, God, hey, man, I'll go to church and I'll serve, but man, I need my job, right? That's my security. So what issues in your life would be, what's the water in the boat for you? Is it, is it your marriage? Is it your wallet? So um, our takeaway is going to be this. We need to get the feet wet. The feet wet measure of faith. I know that doesn't make sense. Let me let me let me build an on-ramp to that statement. You ready? So to get God's provision, you rely on his promise. To rely on his promise, you must be obedient to the premise. Then God can make your provision your possession. Y'all didn't feel me on this. One more time. To get God's provision, you have to rely on the promise, the word of God. To get his promise, you have to be obedient to the premise. And then you can you can get your provision as your or God's provision as your uh, possession. The example I had you turn into Joshua three. Let's uh, let's look at verse eleven. Starting at verse eleven, if if y'all remember the story, the context, um, of course, I'm, I'm the last one there. I'm, okay, y'all there? All righty. So if you remember. the um, they're getting all the way up to the Jordan, and, and now it's, it's time that rubber meets the road, and they're going to have to start trusting God in some things. Uh, pick up, Behold, the ark and the covenant of the Lord of the, of the earth passes before uh, you in Jordan. Now, therefore, take, uh, take you 12 men out of the tribe of Israel, and out of every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass, as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off uh, from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. And it came to pass, when the people removed their from their tents to pass over Jordan, that the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and uh, and as they that bear the ark were before uh, were come unto Jordan, the feet of the priest Uh, bear the ark, were dipped into the brim, get this, into the brim of the water, so their feet got wet, and the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city. And if you skip down to verse 17, and the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm upon dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel passed over on dry ground. If you remember, this is the second time, but this also without getting too far into it, man, this is the second time that happened, but God's looking for people that are willing to get their feet wet in faith. What they had was God's word saying, go and do this, but it wasn't until, their faith was not activated until the promise was only activated by the obedience to the premise. So, how are they going to cross over Jordan? You've got to get your feet wet. So what do these disciples need to learn? They need to look to Christ and, man, their feet is wet, but you know Christ is still in the boat. Christ said, let us pass to the other side. So we need to have that feet wet kind of faith. No matter what the water is in the boat and your feet are wet, praise the Lord. You know why? Because Jesus still has it. All right? So here's our big takeaway, and, and we can start winding it down. Don't worry in weather. Learn to walk in weather. Right? Storms are going to come. We, we, already, we saw the reason. Storms are going to come. But we've got to learn to walk in weather. This is uh, not turning back. This is learning to trust in the Lord. All right, here's our third point. For, third, ooh, I'm going to get there. All right, let's try it again. This is our third point for study. Uh, weather the result. So, You see the end of the matter, and we're going to start looking at the result of what happened in this trial of faith. He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And they said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said uh, one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Man, what happens if you're obedient to, to what God has for you? The first thing, man, you get to see the Word of God literally come to pass in your life. You get to see the Word of God become reality in, in your life. That means the things that you read, God works them out in the circumstances of your life. This is awesome. Like, this, is, this was really encouraging to me. Like, the fact that, could you imagine being a disciple in the boat and reading the Old Testament? Oh, let's, say, let's say you're flipping through, and they didn't have numbers or verses or anything, but they're flipping through, you know? And they're like, oh, I'm just doing a daily reading. And, and they hit Psalm 107, 29. And he says, he maketh the storm a calm and the ways there, there are, are still. And they are, are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them into um, their desired haven. But like, if you were reading Psalm 107, man, you, you, you got to see that fulfilled in Jesus's life. Like he, you saw that, you're like, man, I read about this. This is awesome. You got to see the Word of God, Jesus, fulfill the Word of God. That's that's incredible. But the only way you see that is if you're in the boat. You get that? Are you there with me? This isn't something that everybody got to see. This is something that that only the disciples in the boat got to see. So, man, you, you got to stay close to Christ to see. God God didn't Calm the seas every time he met people. He wasn't like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. You want to see the seas, get calmed? No, like it was only for those people that were in the boat. Second thing, Christ was revealed in a new way. This revealed the deity of Christ. And in Psalm 65, starting verse 5, By terrible things and righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation. And if you if you skip on down, so it's, it's God who is answering, and, and you find out what God does. And you go down to verse 7, it says, stilleth the noise of the sea, and the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people." Man, you get to see that the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, get, do things like he's like, hey, I'm going to do these things. Well, the disciples could have saw that and go, wow. And they asked the question, what manner of man is this? That's God. That's who that is. So you get to see the deity of Christ at work. If you're in the boat again um, this is why discipleship is more than lessons but allowing the Word of God to transform your mind that the results can uh, change your life this is this is why man when you sit across the table from a guy it's the Word of God that does the work it's because the result of, of the Word of God man it'll, it'll transform your mind and transform your life so the key point that I want us to see and and uh, is that the result of storms in our life allow us to know Christ more? And and this uh, I think is discipleship conference one either last year or this year or whatever, but man, this this hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, so Philippians three ten, uh, Paul speaking says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. And there's just something. To know Christ on a level of going through sufferings. Like, if you want to know how to be more godly and stuff like that, why don't you suffer godly like Christ did and lay down your life in obedience like he did? And I love it because Paul continues in that passage. If you went to verse 14, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to, be, uh, to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind reaching forth unto those things which are before I press forward uh, press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. so man Paul says because of my sufferings I have a deeper relationship with Christ. there's some people and I just wonder that every time suffering hits man they're just they're looking to avoid the storm and what God intends is, I want, you, I want you to understand your Lord and Savior more. I want you to be in the fellowship of his sufferings. And and for whatever reason, our flesh bucks at that. We're like, nope, 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 nope. But I love how Paul goes on and says, this one thing I do, and he gives us some very practical stuff here. Forgetting what th- that is what behind. So, man, Paul had a short-term memory because he knew that like God was still working in his life. There's a lot of times we'll sit here and rest on our laurels. Like, Man, yeah, I had this mighty move of God. It was so good six years ago. Okay, well, what is God doing now, right? So He said He's reaching forth. Man, there's still people that need to hear the gospel. There's still people that need to get discipled. There's still ministry that has to be done in the local church. Man, I'm I'm thankful for you serving. That's awesome. Are you Are you still serving? Are you still in obedience to what God has for you? So, and the, and the point is this: it was pressing forward towards. Um, towards that mark of the high calling of God, man, it's it's so we can be conformed to the image of Christ. Man, how God, like, uh, you're pursuing godliness and holiness. How's that going for you? Did it stop? Did it plateau with your obedience? Like, did it get to a point and go, that's enough pressing forward for me, right? So God's going to, bring some storms in your life as a result and and the point is man those storms are going to increase your godliness increase your holiness and get you to be conformed to the image, image of christ so with that being said three quick reasons why we can embrace our trials um of our faith i love uh, we were we were reading this yesterday um when we were, when we we're studying the bible together um, romans 5 i love these verses by the way this is Underline worthy. If you're not there, you can flip to it and and underline, mark these up. Uh, starting in verse three. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh us are maketh not ashamed because of the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There's something that uh, we were. I was laughing about yesterday. We glory in tribulations. Well. How many? How many people would say, "Oh, that's my life first. That's me." When tribulations come, man, that's when I glory. Like I can't wait for it. I get a little sad when I'm not in tribulation, actually. So, but this is so contrary to how we think, right? This is we wouldn't look at that and go, "Yes, I man, bigger the waves, the better is for me." No, but 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 you see that those tribulations are so necessary, and and you see the path here, and I, and I won't take the time to read it, but it. It ends with us not being ashamed. So I say again, three reasons to embrace your trials of your faith. So, why, why embrace trials? Well, one, because you're not ashamed. And we see that in, in 1 Peter 2. Trials will make us acceptable for God when we endure the trials with patience. So, we need patience if we're going to endure trials. If you don't have, I uh, heard this, don't pray for patience. You're right. Well, it makes us acceptable. So uh, you can pray for it all you want, I think. Um, 1 Peter two, nineteen through 21. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Again, your key there is suffering wrongfully, not, not because of some bad choices. For what glory is it if when we are buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? And here's the point. But if when you do well and suffer for it, uh ye take it patiently this is acceptable with God so and the example here if you keep reading is, is the example is Christ suffered for us but the point is man when you suffer some things and you don't quickly lose your mind and lose your your, your wits about you what you would do is is you develop patience and godliness and that's acceptable to God 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 wants that for you and your in your life second one trials will have a per- Perfecting or maturing work in our lives at, when we endure um, trials. Let's uh, let's look at First Peter five ten, but the grace of uh, the God of all grace, who has called us unto His eternal glory by Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. I'm sorry. Um, after that, you suffered a while. Make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. So the point there is, is man after you suffer a, a bit. You get mature or perfect and you get established and you get strength and you get settled so man okay let's let's run that list backward are you unsettled are you are you feeling weak are you unestablished are you immature pray for trials <laughs> there you go um so it, again if if you want if you want to be perfect and mature man, you're not going to do that without the storms and circumstances that god's going to take you through last one we're done um, trials will bring praise honor and glory to our father when we uh, have trials of our faith first peter 1:7, um, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish perisheth um, though will be tried by with fire might be found unto praise honor and glory at the appearing of jesus christ the point is um, man you want a really really solid testimony at work you can, you can always kind of discern when, when things go a little sideways in someone's life, how they respond. Man, a strong believer won't give up the praise, honor, and glory that's due Jesus Christ in the midst of a trial. And by the way, this will get noticed at work. People will look at it and be like, that guy's weird. And, and for a good way, maybe. You know, hey, that guy, that guy doesn't respond the way everybody else has responded. And they might, they might give you a question like, hey, what's different about you? And to that, I'd say, man, Jesus Christ, be ready. Every man, how, how to answer every man, right? So that's all I had. That's, that's our outline. So I'd ask you to just consider some things as we, as we kind of work to a close here. We saw reasons. Man, is God right now working in your life? Is he putting weather in your life? So I'd ask you, man, what is that weather a result of? Is it, is it because of your choices? The Galatians 6, are you, are you reaping what you're sowing? Or is, is God trying to work a more perfect work in you, that you might be mature and acceptable and praise, honor, and glory? And how are you responding to that? What's your reaction to that? Are you, are you, you know, biting at your nails? Are you worried? Are you stressed? Well, Christ is right there with you. So, and the other one is like, while this is going on, like, are you, yeah, you know, are you ceasing to pray and read your Bible? Lastly, the results, man. How are we responding? Are we responding with if faith in the Word of God over fear? Is there... Could we, could we look at this list of, of the reasons why our faith gets tried and we go, yeah, I have examples in my life of, of when my trials have made me acceptable because of patience before God. What about, I, I know I'm not the same maturity as I was years ago because God has grown me through trials. So I'd ask you today, um, you know, how does this hit you? Are you, are you one of those people that, you know, you know, is your, is your general mindset is, I'm, I'm trying to get this as comfortable. Like is everything, you know, ah, oh, storms and trials and tribulations. I hope today that what we saw was, man, you can embrace trials. They're good for us because they increase our godliness. And lastly, I want to, I want to end with second Corinthians. This is one of those verses, man, um, got a lot a lot a lot of mileage for me and you'll hear me quoted a lot and probably never correctly but second corinthians 1 verses 3 and 4 blessed be god even the father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercy and the god of all comfort so when you're in trials man know there's the god of all comfort who comfort us in all our tribulation god says expressly all of our tribulations that's where he, he comforts us But it's not to the end that we receive comfort in and of itself. Again, trials have a perfecting work. They have have something that God wants to do through us. Catch the last part of this verse, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So, in whatever you're going through, I've seen this play out in my life, my wife's life. Man, you're going to go through stuff and you're going to go, what does God have for me in this trial? Man, sometimes it's because God wants to use you to minister to someone else. So, um, I would say embrace it because you know what? You'll never look more like the, the person of Jesus Christ and be conformed to his image without suffering. Because you know Christ suffered. So heads eyes, bows closed, let's close this in a word of prayer.